is a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. Today we're reading again from the letters of Clark Brewster, a New York boy who was part of U.S. Artillery Battery A in World War I. He frequently writes home to his family in Waverly, New York, during the time that he is training at Fort Riley, Kansas, from June 21st to November 4th, 1917. The family in Waverly includes his parents, Harvey and Cora, Harvey's widowed mother, Roxana, Clark's youngest brother, Harold, who is 13, and the family servant, Fanny. Also nearby are his older brother, Roy, who has been married for about a year, and Clark's Aunt Augusta. September 18th. Dear Mother, Grandma, and Harold, They are having pictures here at the YMCA tonight, and I watched one reel, but don't seem to be interested in them tonight for some reason or other. Mother, I received your letters tonight and also Harold's. I was over to the canteen tonight and bought a few things that I needed, so I am fixed up for the present. Harold, old boy, I guess my leggings would be too big for you, but if I can find a smaller pair, I will send them to you. I am glad that you and Chuck made some money. It has not been so cold lately, so I undress nights now. This afternoon it rained from 1 o'clock until 2, and then we went up on the hill and done foot drill until about 3.30. It commenced to rain again, and we all beat it for camp as fast as we could. It looks black tonight, and I guess it will rain some more. Say, this morning I had the most fun on horseback that I have had since I have been here. I drilled our artillery drill until 9.30 and then changed into a saddle. We trotted around the bull ring for about half an hour and then jumped hurdles for a while. Believe me, jumping hurdles is some sport. We all took our feet out of the stirrups and put the reins over the pommel of the saddle. The hurdles were two feet high and there was three of them about five yards apart. We would start the horses and then put our hands up in the air and let them go. Gia had a dandy horse and he went over the hurdles great. After jumping we would let the horses go as fast as they could and come back to the starting point again. Believe me, my horse could gallop like the deuce, and when we made a turn, he would pretty near lay down we went so fast. I would like to do drills like that all the morning if I could get the same horse. I got so I could trot this morning, too. Several times when we went over the hurdles, we put our hat over our eyes, and it gave me a funny feeling when I jumped and didn't know it. Our breakfast this morning was rotten, but we had a good dinner. Had beans and raisin pie. Tonight we had good short steak, fried potatoes, coffee, and prunes, so I am full now. Clark writes specifically to Roy on September 20th in response to big news. He and his wife Mildred have just had their first child, a little girl they've named Jean. September 20th. Dear Buddy, received your letter this noon and was some glad to hear that Mildred and Jean are all right. I hope that Mildred will soon be able to get up, for it must be pretty hard on her to be in bed all the while. Does Jean grow any yet? I am darn glad that I took care of my teeth while I was home, for they examined our teeth the other day, and a lot of the fellows have had a lot of teeth pulled. The dentists aren't very particular either, they say. Clark's letters at this time talk a lot about how hard it is to stay warm. He sent a newspaper clipping home that reported on September 26th they were having cold, rainy weather. The War Department was saying they might not be able to get all of the equipment needed to install heat in the hastily constructed buildings at Camp Funston until December. So while Clark is finally out of his tent, it isn't much warmer in the barracks. He sleeps in his wool socks and sweater. He sometimes wraps up in blankets all day. Fort Riley gets a stove in the mess hall on October 5th, and Clark's winter clothes are finally issued on October 16th and 21st, but there is still no heat in the barracks. Meanwhile, he hears rumors that they will ship out soon to California or possibly Cuba. September 22nd. 
Well, I am in the barracks at last, but I was about the last to leave the tents. I liked the tent for there was only four of us in it and we had lots of room. I moved into a barracks this morning. I am in a dandy place right under a window. They gave me a mattress cover that belonged to a fellow who deserted a month ago. I washed it this afternoon, but it isn't quite dry yet, so I can't fill it with hay until tomorrow. The fellows keep the Victrola going most of the time, and we have a dandy bunch of records too. I sleep next to a fellow from South Dakota by the name of Cole. The bunks are arranged by twos, that is, there are two cots tight together and then a space of about two feet on either side, so we have plenty of room at that. Cole and I are together, and we are going to spread our blankets out and sleep together just if we were in one bed. We can sleep a lot warmer this way, for one blanket will be under us and three on top. It was chilly again last night. Today we had inspection at 8 o'clock, and about 9.30 we went to the stables and groomed horses. All we done this afternoon was water at 4 o'clock, so you see it has been a good day. I washed some clothes this morning, and the first thing I knew, my towel was gone. After a thing is gone here, you might as well say goodbye to it, for nothing is ever found. I have been lucky at that, for that is the first thing I have lost, while some of the fellows have lost a bunch of stuff. P.S. Say, Dad, send me some Nick's Cresco cigars. We can't get any cigars that I like out here at the canteen. October 1st. Last night I saw two fellows, and they had an opossum and a big bull snake. They were both alive and made some pair. Bull snakes are not poisonous, but they squeeze their victims when they get mad. The little possum was dandy, and I would like to catch one. Yesterday morning we went for horse exercise from 7 till 9, and after grooming we had inspection. I haven't got my shoes or clothes yet, but passed all right. In the afternoon we didn't do anything but water at 4 o'clock. I had a great ride Friday afternoon. Four mules and a horse got away from our regiment, and a rancher about 8 miles from here caught them. They took a man from each battery and a sergeant, and I was the one from our battery to go after them. I went down to saddle up at 1 o'clock and took a big bay horse. He sure had lots of life, and I had a hard time getting him saddled. We left camp at 1.30, and believe me, we rode. We were either on a hard trot or gallop all the way out, and say after four or five miles, my horse forgot all about having so much life. Well, we got the mules, and I led one of the brutes back. I have seen stubborn horses, but I had to half-drag my mule all the way. Gee, I felt like killing it. Got back at five o'clock, and I was tired. This is the longest and hardest ride I have taken, but I enjoyed it at that. During World War I, some artillery was still pulled by horses, and Clark talks proudly about what an accomplished horseman he has become. He is aware that he will be much safer fighting with the artillery than if he were with the infantry in the trenches, where the soldiers are more vulnerable to the other side's artillery attacks, sniper fire, poison gas, and disease. In the short time after America entered World War I until Armistice Day, November 11, 1918, the U.S. suffered over 300,000 casualties. October 2nd. Dear folks, received both the letters from home and also one from Aunt Gus. Got the papers too. I was sure glad to get the pictures and I will get some taken as soon as I go to town, but I haven't been away from the fort in a long while. Yesterday we drove as usual, only I had a saddle for about three-fourths of the hour. The lieutenant took us up for some gallop too and he is sure a hard rider. Today we took another hike, but we went farther this time. Had to cook our own chow again, but they brought coffee to us this time. We had flapjacks and butter for breakfast, and I saved my butter and took it on the hike. I fried my potatoes in it, and they were great. This morning, before we started, the whole regiment lined up back of the barracks and listened to a talk by that French captain. He told us about conditions in France and how the artillery fights. One good thing about artillery in that is that we don't have to get in the trenches. Yesterday we had our overcoats issued us, and believe me, they are some warm. 
They are still making packing boxes for us, so I think we will be out of here in a short time. It wasn't very cold last night, and today it was hot marching. Say, I am sure glad that I am not in the infantry, for it is no fun to carry a light pack, let alone a heavy one in a rifle. That sweater is great, mother, and it is just right. Several of the fellows have them, but I like mine the best. In your letter, mother, you said Harold had his feet in the oven, and Dad was waiting for the fire to come up while you are writing me. Gee, I can see all of you just as plain as if I was there. The pictures are going, but I have seen them, so guess I will take a bath and crawl in. October 9th. Dear folks, received a letter from Dad and Mother tonight, and glad to know you are all well. Say those pictures are great, and it makes me feel nearer home to look at them. It was not so cold this morning, and I was darn glad too, for yesterday it was fierce. Today we had gun drill, but not with the horses. They have changed the schedule again, so I don't know when we get to do the artillery horses. A young kid who sleeps across from me got his discharge today for being only 16 years old. He gets a fraudulent enlistment discharge. There are several more in A Troop who don't look to be over 16 or 17, and I don't know why they enlisted. Probably they thought it was fun, but now they know more. Most of these young kids might be better discharged, for they are no good. Yesterday had drill the same as usual, but everything was done on the trot and a fellow has to watch himself. November 3rd. Dear folks, it is only 7.40pm and so thought I would write a few lines. Just went out and took a bath and changed underclothes and socks. Yesterday morning our lockers were loaded and our cots, and last night we all had to sleep on our mattresses on the floor. It wasn't bad at that. This morning we loaded the horses and nothing is left now but the men. The horses were put in common cattle cars, and they were not tied. Twenty-one horses to a car. It was sure quite a sight to see them loading nearly one thousand horses. We leave tomorrow, Sunday morning, at eleven o'clock, so this is our last night in Old Riley. We don't know yet what kind of cars we will travel in, but I hope they are Pullmans, for it is a three-day trip. We are all anxious to leave here, but maybe it will be worse in Texas than it was here. The weather has been dandy here for the last two or three days, and we haven't worn overcoats. We haven't done any drilling either, so it has been easy. Last night I was up to the YM and played checkers with one of our corporals. Say, Mother, I saved my jam and cheese for the trip, but ate all the other stuff, and it sure went great. Maybe you can send some more when I get to Houston. Tell Aunt Gus that bread was some good and I ate it all. This three-cent rate on letters is a great law, and some of the fellows here who forgot about it have had their letters returned to them. Tomorrow morning, I suppose we will have to clean the barracks out good and police up around here. I feel fine and guess I will weigh 200 pounds if I keep on. Gee, I eat anything now. Are you all well at home? How is Roy's folks and the baby? I certainly would like to see Jean. Well, I've got a lot of things to do yet tonight, so I will close for this time. Your loving son, Clark. Next Monday, Americans will observe Memorial Day, a federal holiday that honors all soldiers who have died in military service. The holiday evolved from an observance, originally called Decoration Day, that commemorated the end of the Civil War in April 1865 and honored the Union dead. After World War I, the holiday was expanded to recognize all soldiers who have died in American wars. Memorial Day, its alternative name, became official in 1967, and in 1971, the last Monday in May, became the official day on which Americans observe this holiday. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.